We're looking at uh, Corinthians, the book of Corinthians. And last week, our key word was remind from the start of that chapter, verse 1. And it was said that, surprisingly, old truth can produce new life. Old truth can produce new life. And two of those old truths were, the faith is about substitution. Verse 3, of first importance, the writer says, of first importance, Jesus sacrificed for our sins. And secondly, the faith is about a combination. Verse 10, it's a combination of the work of God in combination with our will and effort. So it's him and us together. And so I said there were two things, combination substitution, which was a fib, because in that, uh, even that part of the chapter, a big part of it is a third shon, which is resurrection. And I'm, I conveniently missed that out, uh, partly because we've been doing so many one-word messages, I thought if we jump from one to three, it, it'd blow some fuses. So I just wanted to have two words, and um, but also I really wanted to camp out today on on resurrection, the resurrection. It's so important, so fundamental to our faith, the resurrection. So let's read the scripture. If it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And Lord, we ask you to speak to us today from your scripture. So the basic problem in Corinth was that some leaders were saying that where people die, that is it. That's the end of the story. There's no resurrection of the dead. Now Paul, who's a writer of this letter and the founder of the Corinthian church, he was a supervisor from afar. He was hugely, hugely disturbed by this. And he said, basically, stop there. Stop right there. That's huge to say there's no resurrection of, of anyone. That's huge. And let's, let's think about that. He said, and from verse 5, he says, actually, there's a whole lot of eyewitnesses of Jesus after the crucifixion. Verse 8, uh, sorry, verse 5, he says, there's Peter, Peter saw him, the disciples, they saw him, James, the half-brother saw him, 
500 others at one time have seen him, saw him, and even myself, Paul, I've seen him. And some have died since then, or he says, as Paul says, uh, some have fallen asleep, but some are still alive. In other words, if you're not sure about it, go and ask them. Go and ask them. There's eyewitnesses still alive. Go and ask them. Ask them what they have seen. Have they seen the resurrected Jesus or not? But if there's no resurrection, then not even Jesus has been resurrected. And that has huge implications for the faith. If you think through that, that's huge. Not even Christ has been raised. And uh, some of those implications are these. Firstly, if our if Christ has not been if there's no resurrection of the dead, our preaching, verse 14, and your faith is futile. Futile. It's useless, pointless. You are still in your sins. In other words, it doesn't work. It's a waste of time. Futile. Verse 14. If Christ has not been raised, Momo Noa, Tamato Kofo. Our preaching is useless. Momo Noa, Tokoto Fakapono. And so is your faith. So, one implication, one ramification is that your faith is futile if Christ has not been raised. Secondly, it's false. Your faith is false. This is fiction. It's fibs. It doesn't stack up. Mato here kai i We are false witnesses. In other words, as Christ has not been raised, we've been going around uh, saying a whole lot of teka, of, of falseness, of lies. If the dead are not raised, your faith is futile, it's false, and thirdly, it's fleeting. If only for this life, if only for this life, if it's only for this life, if it's not going to last, then it's it's fleeting. And if it's only for this life, the faith, then we are the saddest creatures on the earth. That's what he says. We're the saddest creatures on the earth if it's just for now. Verse 19. Great is the sadness. We're the saddest people on the earth. It's just for now. Now I just want to show you a little thing of it. It's like if it's, and this is not mine, it's by a guy, Francis Chen, I think. It's like life is like this. Life is like this. This hunger rope. And and in reality, our life is just like a tiny little bit of here. And if if our life is just about this little bit here and not about 
all of that eternity, they're really, uh, that's really important. But if all that is important as well, uh, then resurrection is huge. Right? It's huge. And, uh, and that was the pagan thinking that when people died, that was it. Game over. Game over. And that's why modern day pagans, they go rushing around. I'll grab the rope. They go rushing around. Uh, doing, what do they call it? Bucket lists. Bucket lists. I've got to finish this before life ends. You know, that little tiny little bit there, I've got to get a, a few more things into that. But what about, what about all of that? <laughs> uh, bucket lists may not be that important. For those that have accepted the pardon of Jesus that flows out of the death on the cross and the resurrection, death is not the end. It's, it's uh, the start of a new chapter. I've said to Charlene, uh, when I die, I actually don't care what you do with my body because I'll be elsewhere. <laughs> um, you can do what you want. Some of you remember Dean Braxton, a uh, guy who spoke here, American guy, and he had a, um, an experience of death, but then being in the presence of God and heaven and coming back again. And uh, it just it totally changed his world. He was a successful man. Uh, he was getting, an American man, he was getting awards from the president for his um, job that he was doing amongst youth. But he had this experience of dying, of going into God's presence, the presence of Jesus, and coming back again. And for, for instance, one thing he, he did that really struck me, because most often when, when preachers and teachers go around different places talking and uh, preaching, they'll often have resources, and they'll often, most often, they'll sell them. Dean... He had this phrase, he says, oh, you can do what you want. I don't care. I'm on my way home. <laughs> and so he would just, you know, bring a stick and download it, whatever you want. He said, I don't care. I'm on my way home. It totally changed him. Totally changed him. See, because for him, Christ has been raised. And the, and the, the dead also are raised. Makes everything different. It's different. Christ has been raised. And so, your faith is not futile. It's powerful. It's not futile, it's powerful. And Christ has been raised. And so your faith is not false, it's true. It's true. And Christ has been raised. And so your faith is not fleeting, it's everlasting. It's everlasting. And the risen Christ is the first sign of that. That our faith is powerful and true and everlasting. And the risen Christ is called the first fruit. First fruits, verse 20. The promise of things to come. It's like the second rose in our driveway. Second rose bush in our driveway. We had to, we had a septic field problem. We had to move our roses right off to the side and then redo our septic field in the front of our house and then try and bring the roses back. And three of them took 
three out of four took straight away. Uh, but the fourth didn't. It just faded and, and faded and faded and faded. And uh, one of our old pastors from Porirua, Maggie, she, she was staying with us and she will pray for anything and everything. <laughs> so she came and she laid her hands on the rose bush and um, she prayed for it. And just about a week ago, uh, and it was just dry and dead as anything about a week ago, the first sort of bud appeared. Yes. It was like a first fruit. It was a promise of more to come. And this is what Christ is. It's a promise of more to come. That Christ has been raised, and so we will be raised. And so our life is not that tiny little bit on the end of the rope. It's about all of that. It's powerful. It's true. It's everlasting. And so we all actually have to come to some uh, decision about the resurrection, whether we believe it or not. We have to come to some decision about that. Historically, there have been five theories about it. We'll throw those up, please, Ken. Five theories about the resurrection of Jesus. One is this, that Jesus died and his followers imagined that he had come back to life. This is called the hallucination theory of the resurrection. Uh, second one, Jesus died and his followers stole the body and lied about it. This is called the conspiracy theory of the resurrection. The third one, and all through history there's been variations of this, but basically there, there's five. Third one, Jesus died and followers, his followers over time created a myth about his resurrection. So over time, it's different from conspiracy, which was at the time, this is the myth theory of the resurrection of Jesus. Fourthly, that Jesus fainted on the cross. And then in the tomb, he revived, he was revived, and pushed the rock away, and carried on. This is called the swoon theory of the resurrection, so that Jesus actually didn't die, he, he merely fainted. And the fifth theory is that Jesus died and rose again. This is called the Christian theory of resurrection. You can, you can go way deep into this if you want. We won't, but we'll just mention some of the problems with them. Uh, the problem with hallucination theory is that there were resurrection appearances to multiple people at the same time. Now normally, those of you who have done drugs, when you have a hallucination, it's for you and you only. But these, uh, the people had it at the same time and then at other times. Various times, more than once. And also, it changed people. It changed Paul. It changed the disciples from, from scared, from depressed, to bold as anything, to willing to, uh, willingness to sacrifice their lives. Uh, now, the trouble with the conspiracy theory is that no one ever fessed up to it. You know, even under uh, torture, no one said, actually, we stole the body and we hid it and covered it over. No one. There's no record of that. And the followers, you know, they had nothing to gain from it. Uh, and they, 
except maybe pain and torture and alienation. So that doesn't stack up. The trouble with the myth theory is that myths actually take time to develop. But within 30 years, uh, letters were written talking about the resurrection. So there wasn't time for a myth to be developed. The trouble with the swoon theory is that Roman soldiers knew how to crucify. They did it multiple times. And also a mistake uh, could cost that soldier his own life. You know, the Roman soldiers were good at crucifixion. Secondly, could a severely injured man revive himself, roll away a heavy stone and get past trained soldiers? Could he? Now the trouble with theory number five is that if it's true, we need to do something about it. That's the trouble with theory number five. You know, there have been other great leaders, and some of them religious. Muhammad said and did some amazing things, but he didn't rise again. Buddha said and did some amazing things, but he didn't rise again. Ratana said and did some amazing things, but he didn't rise again. Martin Luther King Jr. said and did some amazing things, but he didn't rise again. Mother Teresa said and did some amazing things, but she didn't rise again. But Jesus rose again. And so our faith is awesome, it's true, and it's powerful, and it's everlasting. It's a, it's a game changer. And um, as I was praying this morning, I feel there's a need uh, here for people to respond in some way. I don't know what it is, but I just feel to say that there is um, a need for people to respond in some way. Uh, so Bay and the crew, I'll play some background music, and people here would be willing to to pray for you. If you feel that as we're singing, if you feel you need to respond in some way, whatever that is, people here would would love to pray for you.